Uh, Our readings this morning uh, are reversed in order, the New Testament followed by the Old. Uh, Our New Testament reading will come from the book of Acts in the 28th chapter, beginning verse 23 and continuing through verse 27. I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written. After they had set a day to meet with him, that is, Paul... They came to him at his lodgings in great numbers. From morning until evening, he explained the matter to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. Some were convinced by what he had said, while others refused to believe. So they disagreed with each other, and as they were leaving, Paul made one further statement. The Holy Spirit was right. In saying to your ancestors, through the prophet Isaiah, Go to this people and say, You will indeed listen, but never understand, and you will indeed look, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull, and their ears are hard of hearing, and they have shut their eyes, so that men might not look with their eyes, and listen with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. Here ends this reading from God's holy word. And our Old Testament reading this morning comes to us from the third chapter of the book of Proverbs. The opening eight verses again, I invite you to listen for a word from the Lord as it is there written. My child, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart Keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and abundant welfare they will give you. Do not let loyalty and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and of people. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be a healing for your flesh and a refreshment for your body. Here ends this reading from God's holy word. Though a good deal of the book of Proverbs is comprised of a series of rather short and sometimes a bit disjointed, pithy sayings. There are parts of it, including the entirety of the third chapter, which hang together around a a single common theme. That theme may be summarized in the middle of this morning's passage, as is typical of much Hebrew poetry of the day. There are introductory verses here, and there are extradictory verses here, and in between there are these central ones. So you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and of people. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make straight your paths. 
We find ourselves this morning at the final Sunday in June. This is a month that is full of graduation. And I have had the privilege of attending a couple of receptions for high school graduates this year. I have to admit that on such occasions, uh, every once in a while, I, I reflect on my own high school graduation. I also have to admit to having a recurring fantasy of one day being issued an invitation to return to my high school to deliver a commencement address to the class of seniors who have finished up their high school academic careers. Alas, I know that even at a school with a graduating class size now, of less than 150, the sorts of speakers who are invited to such events are alumni athletes or semi-famous local celebrities. So it just isn't in the cards for me, but that hasn't stopped me from thinking about what I might say to those who are graduating, and my hope is that the message, though poignant on such an auspicious occasion, is profound enough to resound with the rest of us who, are long, who have long since celebrated our own high school commencements. And so I ask your forbearance as I engage in some fantasizing. Trust in the Lord and lean not on your own understanding, as it is translated in other versions. In so doing, both God and your fellow people will see the measure of you as a person, will Acknowledge the sufficiency of God's will and the wisdom that goes along with it, and so it shall go well with you. It can be tempting at times like these to get a bit carried away. While it is expected that when one is concluding a, a significant chapter in the story of their lives, that they should mark the occasion in some special way, receptions, parties, celebrating, signify that a person has accomplished something of great importance, all the while acknowledging that a commencement is indeed just that. If you can remember your own high school graduation, you might recall that it was only a start. And you may also recall thinking, perhaps, that you were pretty smart. You were pretty persistent. You were pretty shrewd and perhaps more than just a bit lucky to have accomplished what it was you accomplished. By now, most of you have probably come to a more mature understanding of the myriad factors that enabled your big accomplishment all those years ago. In my own recollection, I can now admit that I didn't get through my high school experience simply on account of my own merit. I had many partners who enabled me in ways both large and small to cross that finish line. Above all, God was directing my steps. Now certainly I wasn't aware of it then, but I can see how he protected me from myself through those years. Now granted, I, I didn't engage in the number and magnitude of risky behaviors that many of my friends and classmates did, including my locker mate, who was killed 
during our senior year on account of just such pursuits. I did, however, have my fair share of rather um, not-so-bright things to account for. But God's providence did not end with senior year of high school. It has sustained me and it has sustained all of us through all the years. And some of us have had many, many years since. Again, though it might not be readily apparent, but among the most important lessons in life that God has taught and sometimes indeed continues to teach me is that the less I rely on my own cunning and conniving, relying on the prowess of my own wisdom, well, the better things go with me. Like many of you, I have lost good-paying, secure jobs that left me sleepless with worry, not knowing what I was going to do next, nor how I was going to do it. I have crafted many a clever plan, which, though it seemed quite sound in the planning stages, turned out to be an unqualified failure when it actually came to the execution part. Well, many a door has been closed along the way, but there's always been a window that's been open. It wasn't necessarily the way I wanted to go, to be sure, but it was an emergency exit. And it has turned out, more often than not, to have led to unexpected and very rewarding pastures. One of the most often gifted books for graduates is Dr. Seuss's Oh, the Places You'll Go. One of the most frequently quoted excerpts on greeting cards and on mugs and other tchotchkes goes like this. You have brains in your head. You have feet in your shoes. You can steer yourself any direction you choose. You're on your own, and you know what you know, and you are the one who will decide where to go. And yes, while that is a factual observation in many cases, this is precisely the way that Proverbs tells us not to go our own way, but we protest. I know myself better than anyone else does, so I should have the right to make my own way. And that is precisely the lie the enemy would have us know as truth. If we're honest, most of us, we're more than ready by the time we finished high school to be free of this pattern of other people making decisions for us and giving us directions and orders. We're ready to be independent, to stand on our own, and perhaps we really weren't so ready, but we were itching to try out our wings. Still, many of us yearn to be free of other people making decisions for us and giving us directions. And today, just as then, we tend to give ourselves a bit more credit than perhaps we're due. Left on our own, the decisions we arrive at cannot hold a candle to the plans that God has for us. 
That's why I believe the author of Proverbs invites us to lean on the understanding, the knowledge, the wisdom, and the will of God to set our feet on a better way. There's a story told of a man who traveled to Calcutta to see Mother Teresa and the work that she was doing among the least of these there. As he was discerning his own calling, maybe he would follow in her footsteps. And when they first met, he asked Mother Teresa if she would pray for him that he would have clarity. And much to his surprise, she replied that she would do no such thing. When he asked her why, she said, clarity is the last thing that you are clinging to and must let go of. Taken aback, he responded that she seemed to have the clarity that he was longing for. She laughed and said, I have never had clarity. What I have always had is trust. So I will pray that you trust God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Seek not your own clarity, but God's, which he has revealed in the words of scripture and in the word made flesh and which he transmits to each of us through the power of his own Holy Spirit. There, therein is the clarity that we seek, the wisdom that eludes us when we lean on our own understanding, the straight path that we seek but cannot find through any other means. God is both the author and the holder of the future. He is omniscient, meaning he knows all things. That's slightly more than even the smartest, cleverest of the valedictorians of all the classes among us. With this knowledge, the wisest thing that we can do is that which the author of Proverbs instructs us, and that is to defer to the wisdom of God, rely on it, trust in it, even when it's hard to figure out where it's leading or how it can possibly make any sense at all. Be patient with God. After all, he's been patient with us. We've tried him in all manner of ways throughout our history, from the rebellion in the garden to the transgressions of his chosen people in the wilderness and even in the promised land, in exile and back in the promised land, including the murder of his only begotten beloved son, Jesus. Right up to this very moment, when we would rather have what the world offers than what our creator has sacrificed to grant us, and still his patience with us has not yet expired. The sentence that we justly deserve for all our sinfulness has been stayed. So maybe, just maybe, we can stir up a bit of patience with him. He is working all things for good for those who love, who trust and fear him, even in those moments, those days, months, years, seasons, when we have a hard time perceiving it. Lean not on your own understanding, 
That, by way of review, is the heart of these verses that open the third chapter of Proverbs. They serve as a humbling reminder that no matter how highly others esteem us or how highly we esteem ourselves, God is the one who alone is worthy of the greatest esteem. Therefore, in all your ways, in all your days, acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. And for that, we may truly say, thanks be to God and amen.